radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frank Heiner Schneid and. <laughs> I guess it's just a, it's a terrible last name. I said I'm going to try it on. Do try it on for size. Be somebody. Be somebody else today. That's not the person you want to be. Heiner Scheid, VP oh, Bud Light. Oh, Gotcha. I, yeah, VP of Bud Light and Anheuser Busch. Well, she makes more money than I do. That's for sure. There was a great video that was put out by Bombard's body language. Body language ghost. Um. And it's it's four minutes and fifty two seconds long, but it's really really good. She does the body language of this woman when she's doing that podcast interview that that went completely viral. Um, it's it's just it's a masterpiece, and I want everyone to go to her YouTube channel where it's posted and watch this. I'm gonna put the link in the show notes. I want everyone to click on it and give her the view that she deserves, but we have to play it. It's mandatory, so we're gonna do that to start. Off we go. Yeah. Everybody, watch this. It's great. Well, Alyssa Heinerscheid. I'm not quite sure that name. The VP of Bud Light. And there's a part in this interview I think sums it up perfectly on why she makes the decisions she makes. We'll watch a little bit of it, but this part in and of itself should tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we were really connecting because of, you know, our connection to the South. And I stopped it. I, I the host just gives me agita. I, I don't. Sorry. Ugh. You know, being raised in the South and then moving to New York City, I'm sure is a big transition for you. How what do you think the moments were that made you kind of rethink that and rethink some of your values? And what were some of those aha moments that made you think like, OK, I think I can change the narrative a little bit? Oh my gosh. Well, I think I've only started doing it in my thirties to be Mm -hmm. totally honest. I'm 39. It's probably taken me a decade to figure this out. I'm still unraveling (laughs) it like the who and the why. Yeah. But I have this amazing, um, professional coach and she said this thing to me and she said, the number one indicator of your professional choices is your parents. And the number one indicator of your success in those choices is your choice of partner. Oh, women and coaching said, instance, women. And this yeah. is just a slight angle, oh, but I think it's God. fascinating. So she's I mean, talking, she's talking about her. Not being able to escape that labyrinth right there. You just, you're, you're just, you're a crazy woman being, being coached by a, a, a crazy lifestyle coach or something. And then you go on a, another crazy woman's podcast. And it's just, oh, my, oh, yeah, get out. I can't get out. It's like, feel like being trapped in. Randy's snowsuit in the Christmas story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God. Oh my God. Sometimes, Frank, I swear your analogies are the visual in my head. <laughs> just, just imagine the struggling in the snow. That's what these people are. <laughs> he can't struggling. stand up. He's down there. <laughs> I can't get up. Uh, all right, here we go. Look at the just the hands. The hands drive me insane. Professional coach. It's someone she pays to tell her what to think. 
What beliefs to have? What is right? What is wrong? She's looking off camera to remember exactly what her professional coach, technically we should all call her handler, has told her. Mm -hmm. My professional coach, her mother was um, was a woman uh, who always struggled with mental illness, grew up kind of in the 80s in the UK. Her dad was an African immigrant, both incredibly smart, but both had a, a ton of trouble ever realizing their potential because of mental illness and inveterate racism. And she was like, my whole life is devoted. But you see, I stopped it. Wait, wait, so wait, 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 wait. So her, her professional coach was raised by two mentally ill people? Not two mentally ill people, one mentally ill person. Okay, so this is getting better. Her professional coach. Yeah. Her dad was affected by inherent racism because he was an immigrant from Africa and her mom struggled with mental illness. So I have to imagine her father was probably really ravaged by COVID then. We know how bad, how much COVID hated black people. That's what they've said. They've said that it definitely, as as well as, apparently as per Pete Boot, Boot Edge Edge, uh... Just accidents in general are racist, you know, uh, predominantly uh, people of color, as he called them, black and brown people are much more likely to be ravaged by car accidents and accidents on the road than people who are privileged, like privileged, like white people. Um, Sadly, he didn't realize that he was saying that he thought black people couldn't drive, (laughs) Or, you know, take generally take care of themselves. Just terrible. I I mean, I don't know where he's getting these numbers from. It sounds a little bit ridiculous to me. I think black people can drive just the same as white people. But again, but yeah, listen to this. I mean, she's the the, mental illness and anything, uh, any some sort of perceived disability or whatever is a qualifier is a qualifier. And and it's it's actually like a title of nobility that can either be passed down or used it's i can't stand the way that these people think and talk and they, they describe each other like you can't everybody just, has a, an issue that is, has hampered them in some way it's, it's never a story about how people have triumphed over this stuff it's always a oh well they were at a disadvantage by that metric literally everybody's at a disadvantage in some way i mean everybody has something effed up about their life that they've gone through it's called yes. living yes I I just think it's so ridiculous how you would use this to describe somebody. Go out of your way to describe people like your coaches or your therapists. Oh, they're so good. She had mentally disabled parents and blah, blah, blah. What? Well, just wait. Just it, it, it gets so much better what she does with this video. It's just, it, it's fantastic. Here. See how animated she is talking about her handler as if her handler is her. She has adopted her handler's persona as her own. So the beliefs of the handler, the wants of the handler, the history of the handler have now become hers. Her Southern upbringing, God-fearing, Bible belt of America has been washed out by her handler. Her body says, this is my new narrative, my new personality. It is very open. The hands are splayed open. This is her openness. To helping people unlock their potential. That has been my parents' impact on me. And we all need to sit back and think about how do you even how have our parents' like narratives, that? stories, choices, what what are theirs and what are ours, and how can we piece them apart? I can't do mm-hmm. it. And so 
where I really started kind of feeling. And so now she's collapsed in on herself. Her elbows are close to her body. Her hands are close to herself. She's holding on to herself because now she's talking about I. She has no confidence in I. As before, she's talking about her handler. Huge confidence in the handler, sat up straight, hands open, mm -hmm. arms open. She's no confidence in I. Inspired, was feeling empowered to sort of say, okay, there are certain things that are my, my mother or my parents, and there are certain things that are me. And that are me. And see how small she comes on that? Smallness. And um, and so it, one last thing. It's a great one. I listened to this fabulous Stanford psychologist talk about this personality myth. And she basically said, she's like, listen, she, there's she, this myth. She, Stanford that, psychologist. So now she's gone up. Re Another she. Isn't it indicative, though? It really is. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, it's it's bad over there with her Ricky Bobby hands. Doesn't know what to do with them. So weird. It just drives me nuts. I can't take my. I can't take that. I, I, she's like weirdly contorting her fingers. I don't understand it. It bothers me. I don't know why. That's just a personal thing. It's it's. She's weaving. She's she's quite literally weaving. She's making things. I just I. We're, I'm going to finish this. We'll, we'll we'll talk about what happened with Budweiser and then go into Arizona because it's important. But all right, let me let me just I'll wait and hold my thoughts real big. She's going to put her feet in the chair. She's getting really comfortable for this part because she's talking about someone that she feels has more authority than she a psychologist. Now, not that there's anything wrong with all psychologists, but as we know, it has been hijacked like everything else in this country. And because we already know that she's controlled by a handler, her speaking on a psychologist that she apparently holds great reverence for, considering she has put herself in a higher strength for this particular person she's about to speak about, says that they're probably not one of those good guys that uses science. You are marrying or choosing a single person and their personality is static. Your personality changes your whole life. Mm -hmm. Your whole life. Every day. Exogenous tragedies, big things, also day-to-day -day little things, the choices you make, the people you hang out with. And so I have come back as a touchstone again and again to this belief that we can change who we are. We're changing who we are every single day. And there you have it. She admits nope. it. Good for her. She doesn't recognize what she's admitting, but she admits it. It's her belief and she's spreading the religion. We don't really need to watch more of that because we have just now figured out why she did what she did. Her handler told her to. This was just, it was the difference in her body language. She's Go give her the credit that she needs on this YouTube video. I'm going to put it. Bomb uh, Bombards is the best. Yeah, I mean, she's just, she's great. I follow her on Twitter. She's really, really great. Um, I had to show it to everybody though. So that was the dilemma that I had. Um, but hey, did you hear? I, I forgot. I don't know who did it, but there was an opinion piece that came out um, yesterday in the morning. I It, it might have been the Atlantic. I, I forget where I, I have it all saved for tonight. How gay men saved us from monkeypox <laughs> or or how they said it. How gay men saved us from mpox. Oh, M because they, had, they had to change the name because it was getting too homophobic. Remember? So. It's, uh, I have not seen that. Yes. They carried the monkeypox cross for us. They were, could be, they became the primary carriers, so we didn't have to be. Yeah, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you for giving all the dogs in, in Miami monkeypox. Thank you. Someone, uh, 
that I love very dearly just texted me and said, but she literally just told us that she also thinks that your parents make you who you are. So she contradicted herself, <laughs> clearly contradicted herself. <laughs> I don't get it. But the, the the reason why I'm bringing this up again is because the Bud, Bud like CEO who also worked at the CIA for years. I mean, why do they all leave the CIA for major corporations? It's just I kind of scratched my head about that. Like dandelion, it's dandelion seeds in the wind. You gotta, you gotta go out there and spread the gospel. I mean, what she's talking about it. She, she's holding these psychologists and these, these uh, handlers and these other influential uh, figures in her life as, um, as people used to venerate priests. You know, oh, my pastor yes. really came to me at a time of need, and uh, I mean, she's talking about priests. This is a, and, and they can't get out of their own way. Because of course, to to admit to being a a very uh, you know doting member of a religion would be to take away what they believe is their best quality that they're not tied down by some sort of theology that they believe that God is is restrictive that it's tied to traditional norms and 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 mores that 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 they can't exist under but they they. They are part of a religion, and it actually has destroyed their ability to think and even self-actualize. So it's uh, it's it's much worse than anybody could have ever imagined fifty years ago if they thought that that was retrograde and and terrible. Which is which is crazy that you said that too, because guess what is still going on. If you were listening to the show Friday, you you heard me read out the tweets from Carpe Donctum about him indoctrinating his students in his facetious or fictitious third grade class he's still going it is firing up all the right people in all the right ways he's still going on with that they're trying to get the aclu involved to get him fired from his fictitious third grade teaching position oh well hopefully he doesn't lose his job i know we wouldn't want that to happen poor poor carpe donctum um but so the the Budweiser, you know, CEO comes out with this chat GT, GPT AI generated nothing statement. He did you see it? You no, didn't see the Budweiser CEO come out with the statement? Oh, 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 the state yeah, the 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 the, the non-apology apology. Yeah, which basically yes. if they asked they asked they asked ChatGPT to write something apologizing for something without really spe- specifying. You're a corporation who made a mistake in advertising. You need to apologize to your customers, but not offend anyone else. Provide a letter that you would write to your customers after this incident. And ChatGPT spit out basically almost the same exact thing as this dude wrote, if he even wrote it, which we doubt. But they came out with a patriotic ad. And then this is a woman who's humping a a, a goose. I, I literally. Oh, I've seen. I saw that. I mean, there's. I don't. There's, so, what, there's just so much. There's just so much depravity every like, day. Like when do we get to the point? I I texted this to Viviana and I said, "Hey, um, you're gonna need to save humanity. I only have about fifty to sixty years left, and I don't think it's enough time. I, I really don't think it's enough time. I don't." Um, uh, if if we have a chance, it would be Vivian's uh, like grandchildren, Viviana's like, P- P- like P- Viviana. Sorry, okay. uh, my God, it's fine. Everybody does. As if, as if I didn't know that name. I know. Um, 
it's going to be your grandchildren. I think a lot of people really trip themselves up thinking that we're we're, we're going to we're going to be there when we win. Like there's oh, going to yeah, be a no, day no. where somebody's going to give us the trophy. Like we did it, we beat them. Although this is... I did see a tweet this morning from someone who's like supposed to pretend she's in the middle but is really a leftist. And she said, is it me or does it seem like the country is starting to slide back towards an ultra conservative um, traditional worldview? Um, what do we do if we're in the middle and there's no place for us to land? Who who said that and based on what? Who was it? It was Kim. I don't remember who it was. It was Kim Iverson, maybe. My gosh. I have no idea what she's looking at, but she really lost her mind over the six-week abortion ban in Florida. Anyway, back to Budweiser. <laughs> I'm just thinking through this, I said. This is exactly what happened. A woke, dumb marketing chick gets brought in to remake Anheuser-Busch. Doesn't do any research at all about who their customer is and says, here, make this person the spokesperson for your beverage. Everybody's going to love it. And <laughs> Mulvaney does a commercial from the bathtub and then pretending he doesn't know what March Madness is, drinks this beer, which he never has picked up a day in his life, I can guarantee you, or beer at all. It doesn't look like he's the kind of guy who's out drinking beer. It just no, none of them are. No. Not, and especially not this. They would go for something something snooty. Right. Like, like an IPA or something. Sorry. Yes. I don't like any of them. Not I used big... to drink I used to drink Fin du Limon a little while. That was we good. That, yeah, well, they, I, we used to find these beers that just had really awesome packaging. Uh like Tres Pistoles and things like that. Really I'll I'll send you hold on, I'll show it to you. You go ahead. Keep going. Anyway, then the former CIA agent CEO writes a non-apology apology and then they put out this commercial trying to get back in our good graces with the horse running down here here let me tell you a story about a beer rooted in the heart of America found in a community where a handshake is a sure contract. Brewed for those who found opportunity in challenge and hope in tomorrow. Raised by generations, willing to sip, share, risk, remember. This is a story bigger than beer. This oh, it's bigger than is the beer, story right. of the American spirit. Now, wouldn't it have been great if their marketing executive would have put this out and said, this is really going to speak to people? You got you got really low all of a sudden. I can barely hear you. I didn't change a thing. Really? Yeah. What about the audience? Do you guys see? But that got a little bit better for some reason. I'm just screaming now. <laughs> But they put out this commercial. I don't know what happened to the sound. I didn't touch anything. So wait a second. They put the, they 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 put this commercial out immediately. Like they threw this together yesterday. Quick. Yesterday. Quick. Just please get that damn horse back. 
get the damn horse back, have it run through, uh, have it run through some cornfields or something, and don't say anything about penises, please. Yeah, and then somebody did this. I think it was uh, the Reagan um, channel. Um, hold on, I have it here somewhere. I wasn't planning on showing it, but it, it's it's a parody of it. Here it is. We're gonna watch. It. Hi there, my Hi name there. is Prancer. Why is it I identify twice? as a reindeer. This ad is what we call damage control. Our thinking is, maybe if we post an ad with our iconic Clydesdale that identifies as a reindeer, and we say vaguely patriotic things. This is the story of the American spirit. People will like us again. Incidentally, I used to have a deep, rich, baritone voice. Then I started drinking Bud Light. It changes you. Look at these two typical American firemen. We can't put two white people together in an ad. We still have to virtue signal a little. I mean, we're still woke. We're just not that woke. Here's another couple of people, also two different races. I mean, honestly, what we really need to do is just say, oh, we f***ed up. But we all know that's not going to happen. So just look at the pretty horse that identifies as a reindeer and drink Budweiser again. If you don't, they said they're taking me to the glue factory. Look, there's two more dudes. Is that guy white? Is he Hispanic? Nobody knows. He's what we call ethnically ambiguous, <laughs> our favorite race of all. This white guy gets it. So remember, folks, at Budweiser, we'll always be a little woke. This Bud's not for you. You know, maybe cutting my tail off is a mistake. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's yeah. too late now. No it coming reminds, back from that. The, uh, <laughs> that really awesome re uh, response to that ridiculous Gillette commercial. Well, you know, you know what's so funny that they, he put that at the end. I stopped it. Gillette. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, also, it's the same guy. That yeah. Gillette commercial, when he ripped that one apart. Yeah. So. Talk about reaching. They don't stop. And, and you can tell it's the same people making these commercials. Unfortunately, um, I'm seeing that jo that Don Jr. is saying that they're a conservative leading company and we should all lay off of them. Um, and I'm like, mm, sorry, not sorry, no. Th this is the first major boycott that's had any freaking impact from our side. And this man's telling us don't do it anymore. That I don't agree with. It's just, I don't agree with it. But let's get into some, you know, legal stuff because everybody loves it. Oh, goodness. So last Wednesday, um, Carrie Lake's attorneys filed their because you remember Hobbs asked for sanctions for 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 Katie uh, for Carrie Lake bringing up the, the thirty five thousand five hundred twenty six ballot discrepancy in the election. Yes. So they they were like sanction these people. They've never mentioned this before. Well, it turns out that obviously that's not true. But the 35,526 vote discrepancy in the Arizona gubernatorial election um, that they're talking about actually came from Hobbs' own defense exhibits that she submitted at trial. She said, here's the nut. Look, these forms prove that Maricopa County would know whether or not a ballot was removed, injected, or anything. These forms show that we would know any time that that ever happened. And in the, in the appeal, Lake's attorney said, and Lake said, hold up a second. There's a problem. Those two numbers don't match. So the form at Maricopa County, where they estimated all of the ballots that came in, they, they admitted it over and over and over again in court documents. They've said it over and over. We didn't have enough time to count all of these envelopes the way we were supposed to, and we were required to by law. It's the law. 
Let me just say that. They, they, they have flouted openly that they broke the law. They weighed these things and did a visual estimate of how many there were and wrote down the number on their forms and then shipped them off to Runbeck where they were going to then be scanned for signature verification and all of that and sent back. When Runbeck scans the ballots in, they write down how many they have. And so the evidence that Lakes, that, that Hobbs's team said would prove that they would be able to tell whether or not there was a, a problem in the chain of custody between Maricopa County and Runbeck, those very forms show a discrepancy of 35,000 votes, which is double the margin of victory. Does this make sense? Yeah. Well, especially when you get down to the, uh, the, the nitty gritty on, on the numbers. When, when you keep coming up with margins like that, it's just it's, anybody who cares would want this to be rectified. You you can't you, you shouldn't be able to to endeavor onto any kind of term that is years long that is so consequential for any uh, any constituency that has a big question mark as to whether or not the entire landscape, the entire result could have gone drastically different. And so it, whether or not Katie Hobbs wants to believe that there was or make people think she believes that there was voter fraud in any way, the very evidence that she submitted to prove that they know what happens to ballots proves that they don't. And so now Elias is out there trying to walk back the importance of that evidence saying, oh, you know, basically that was just an example. And even if it weren't, she's not raising this stuff properly. So what basically what Kurt Olson and team on the Lake defense team or on the Lake team have decided to do is say, look, they they're trying to sanction this on us on uh, sanction us on this. We actually would like you to reconsider this again, because here's the problem. Their evidence shows that there's a major problem with chain of custody. We've been arguing chain of custody this entire time. It's been blatantly ignored, just plain ignored. They've been raising this argument for months now. And nobody's paid attention to it in a position of authority that has the ability to do something. So they're asking the court, please reconsider this. Look, the thing, the very thing that they're using to argue they followed the rules shows that they didn't follow the rules. Anybody with a brain can look at that and see that there's a very big problem in Arizona. And Abe Hamaday, who lost by now 200 something votes for attorney general, is also waiting for a judge to decide whether or not he can have a retrial or, you know, they can reconsider his trial. And the problem that I had with that one was I, I felt personally that attorney was just woefully unprepared and not doing a very good job for him, um, which was surprising to me in, in that case. But they're still going. They're still going. And God bless them for it. They need to continue with what they're doing. They need to. Um... That aside, after we got off the show on Friday, I had like a gazillion messages from people that were saying that Liz Harris, who was unfortunately expelled from the Senate in Arizona this past week, um, had said that my reporting on Thaler, who if you watch the show, we did an entire show on this guy, who was the gentleman behind the reports that came out. Um, he, he There was an election integrity hearing where the committee was set to hear all of the things that were wrong with the 2022 gubernatorial election and why. And they had a number of witnesses set up. And this team, uh, girlfriend and, and, and boyfriend, I think, had 
testified. And at the hearing, they made some very serious allegations of criminality involving members of the House and Senate and whatever and governor that were um, not House and Senate, but governor and other people that were accused of laundering money through fake deeds and fake bankruptcies and fake this and that. And they had supposedly, allegedly a whole bunch of evidence to prove it. And they made all these accusations live in this hearing. And it went viral. And I started looking into it and um, wasn't able to, and still I'm not able to this day to really look into their allegations at the hearing, even though the same tactics were used as as they used in this other suit that they filed. But I, I sh- shined a spotlight on a number of very serious credibility issues with the people that did the presentation. And I stand by that my phone. I stand by that to this day. I think that I personally believe based on my research that they're not credible people. And the same thing that they used to say that the bankruptcies in this one case I analyzed were fraudulent are the same tactics that they use to show um, the deeds are fraudulent in this other case and other things are fraudulent. And it just doesn't square. It doesn't. I'm sorry. Um, So Liz apparently was on a space where she blamed my reporting on her being expelled from the Senate. And I think that that is wildly unfortunate that she would do that. Um, it, What's happened? Is that case gone now? Because I haven't even heard about it since maybe shortly after you and I spoke about it on, on the show and well, I started seeing a lot of skepticism about the the merits of everything. Well, all the the sensationalism of the the Mexican PRI and the cartels that started dying down uh, very shortly afterwards, and then gone. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, it it the book hasn't come out yet. The book that he's publishing, apparently, with all of this in it. And I I asked a very pointed question of him. Will we be able to duplicate this once you publish your book? Can I take all of the evidence that you provide in your book and duplicate your results and prove out the same concept? Um, And I was never given an answer. But I know that in an interview, he had said, no, you're not going to be able to do that because we have a special team that's well-trained in all of this, that has done this before, and it's just not that easy for you. So we just basically have to trust this guy. And if I'm left having to trust this guy, I can tell you right now, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And I'm not very strong. So it was unfortunate to me that Liz Harris pointed to my reporting making her life harder when she could have done the same due diligence that I did and said we're not putting these people up there because at the end of the day I think that if she would have done that or someone would have done it for her she would have come to the same conclusion that's all I'll say about that Liz I'm sorry that you were expelled from the Senate I think it's a very unfortunate happening but it's not my fault I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat Um, or if you're some guy who sees an opportunity with election integrity to to shine a light on your divorce case and the fact that you lost your son, I'm going to expose the truth of the situation for people before it turns us into a bunch of raving lunatics for no reason. Just saying. Anyway. Don't uh, want that to happen. No, I don't want to be a raving lunatic. It was very mean. Very mean. And she can find me. So that bothered me too. You have a problem. You can find me, lady. You can find me. Um, Then we had, oh, Elon Musk. I want to talk about Elon Musk. Here we go. 
He's yeah, gonna... his, his rocket is launching in 14 minutes. It was supposed watch... to. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying the count. I'm I'm just keeping an eye on the countdown clock over here. Can you the largest uh, rocket ever? Can you send me the link to that? 14 minutes, you said. Well, I, I, it's a. I don't know if this is a rebroadcast, but let's see. There's a. Uh, I, it's it's another Rumble channel that I saw shared by a few other people, but um, it's SpaceX centric. On what? On Rumble. I just sent you a, the link in the chat. Oh. Um, where's it going? There we go. Yeah, so there was um, subscriptions have launched on Twitter, Frank. I heard about that. So what's that all about? So it's basically like almost like a Patreon for Twitter. Uh-huh. It's where you sign up, you set a monthly dollar amount, and then you have a separate private Twitter feed and Spaces feed for just the people who subscribe to you. So last night, Elon Musk did a space available to subscribers only about this launch, where he talked about this rocket and how they, they've they been working on it for so long and that there's a chance that this thing can just literally explode, oops, can just literally explode on the launch pad. Almost pretty much on the line. waiting for their turn to how go it, on the pad how that's exciting. what spacex that's how they yeah um will if it's in 13 minutes we'll keep an eye on the time we'll still be live and we could probably just watch it with everybody yeah or, or you can jump into the live chat and you can uh you can see how uh, once again it has devolved in, into a tavistock institute based argument about what shape the earth is oh no they're oh no it's just everywhere can't you it's just i've been telling you there is nothing they want to make sure that there is nothing we can agree on ever not even whether or not the the earth is a ball or a flat plane that's terrible um but elon musk is doing tucker in the in the background here where is it is it up here here it is no that's not it. Here it is. And he he testified. He testified. He uh, told Tucker something that I knew already. I mean, if you've been paying attention, you know. But this interview should be great. Here it is. The degree to which uh, various government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. Um, I was not aware of that. Would that include people's DMs? Uh, yes. Yeah. The degree to which uh, various... Yeah, so DMs and all... The government was poking around in there. Um, Hope you guys weren't sending your genitalia to each other in DMs. How many? Peter, Peter Strzok was having a good time. Oh, God. It would be Peter Strzok, wouldn't it? Mm, oh, wow. Mm. Oh, he's so gross. Um, we talked about John Kennedy, or John Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy running for president last yeah. week. His family has come out and said, we're backing Biden over him in 2020. <laughs> Which is the final insult. It really is a mess. It's all over the vaccine stuff, obviously. Like they, they laud his environmental work, but they're all saying, no, you know, we really appreciate him. And, and even Kennedy himself says that he, you know, has no problem with Biden as a person. But here. Um, well, he should. It has been my difficult choice to put my principles ahead of my personal affections for the president, which remain undiminished. Some members of my family agree with me and others do not. I bear them no ill will. Families can disagree and still love each other. We hold that possibility for the entire country, too, is what he says. 
His sister, I think it is, Kathleen Kennedy Townsend, Joseph P. Kennedy II, and Maeve Kennedy McKean wrote an op-ed for Politico where they, they talk about how unfortunate it is. Listen to this. These tragic numbers are caused by the growing fear and mistrust of vaccines amplified by internet doomsayers. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Joe and Kathleen's brother and Maeve's uncle, is part of this campaign to attack the institutions committed to reducing the tragedy of preventable infectious diseases. Did you see they had a thing that came out that Tylenol during pregnancy causes autism? It's a lawsuit that's going on right now. Tylenol during pregnancy? Yeah, the same way that like being really excited about your grades causes heart attacks. My gosh. How did we do it? I mean, how how did we do it for all those thousands of years? I know that that uh, human birth is a very complex thing, and that many women have died during childbirth over over those thousands of years. Um, it could be you know pretty violent human birth, but as far as just being pregnant goes, you think every like what do you do? Do you what do you eat? What do you drink? Do you move? Do you you're, walk? You're not allowed to move or walk or do any Suck. hard labor either. I mean, apparently, I, it's just in, it's insane. And, and you it's know, no wonder the left thinks that pre that pregnancy is slavery. It's funny that so many people are signing up for it then, right? I mean, they're all signing up to be women if they think that we're, I mean, they can't be pregnant. So I guess that's a defeatist purpose. But I think that's the issue there. I think that the problem with pregnancy is that we have been this entire time assuming that it's women who should have been bearing the children. Oh, that was a big maybe, mistake. Maybe maybe that is the issue. Maybe men have always been able to get pregnant and they're the ones that should have been doing it. And and that and uh Well, they do everything else. Right. <laughs> right, men? Said. They create I was watching a debate between uh, women and men and women were talking about the evil patriarchy and how oh men built this entire country. And I'm like, you should be thanking them, not shitting all over them. You're right. What time is it? 41. I cursed again. What radio station, what radio markets does this go out to again? I forget. Real Talk 93.3. Where? In Missouri? Mm-hmm. Missouri's getting a, a, a dose of us. It's uh, KRTK 93.3 FM, KVMO 104.3 FM, and KRTE 107.3 FM. All in the same area? Uh, across the whole state and some into um, bordering states, depending on how strong their broadcast signal is on that day and what's going on in the air. Nice. Nice. We've got three affiliates. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, did you see a story about Eddie Gallagher? Eddie Gallagher was accused in 2018 of mur of murder and then taking a photo with a um, a teenager that he had allegedly uh, stabbed in um, overseas, and he was a SEAL. And it, you know, when I read into this story, I was kind of screaming and yelling about it because it actually was contrary. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was a trying to save the dude's life. And they accused him of murder, which was just terrible to me. I found it absolutely abhorrent. And eventually, um, he was he went to trial, and he was found innocent, and he was released. Well, he his family uh, he was being treated absolutely poorly in prison and in jail. 
and he was held in, in incarcerated before his trial. And this was kind of like um, a big story at the time. And so his family was going around to the military, to, to congressmen and trying to get the congressman to sign on to a letter that would allow him to be released from prison in anticipation of his trial so that he'd be able to mount a defense properly. Well, apparently, Dan Crenshaw, being a fellow SEAL, you would think would be trying to help this guy. The, 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 there were witnesses that lied behind the scenes. This was a whole big mess. Maybe I'll do a recap on it for people, but his story was not cut and dry and the family had the evidence. It was really something, um, what they were trying to do to this guy. So they went to Dan Crenshaw thinking he would help and he kind of like shrugged them off. There's this whole 11 minute long video that Eddie Gallagher made recently um, the other day about this. Um, it turns out that not only did Dan Crenshaw not try to help Eddie Gallagher, as, as per Ellie, Eddie Gallagher, he actively worked against getting him out of jail before he was put on trial. Um, he was trying to convince the 50 people that signed on to the letter asking for him to be released not to do it. In addition to writing his own letter where he basically said, please just treat him more nicely. Let him see his attorneys. That, that It was insane. At the time, and now it's even more insane because Eddie Gallagher is saying that this man um, wouldn't even look him in the eye at a recent Turning Point event that he was at. And then there was like some other controversy with him and another member of the military that caused Eddie Gallagher to speak out because I forget the guy's name, how he pronounces it at the end. And I don't know that story. Hold on. Now, <clears throat> I also have some documents here and get a little more little but after i sent him that dm yeah. he i dm dave goggins and dave said, goggins i don't know who dave goggins is do you no i don't well apparently dave goggins has also had some sort of an issue with dan crenshaw i don't know anything about it i have to look into it but crenshaw sent dave goggins a text message after he was on rogan and i guess on rogan he said some negative things about dan crenshaw he said, hey, man, I listened to you on Rogan's podcast. Good S-H-I-T. I had no idea about any of that sh with that Team Six guy making YouTube videos about you and all that. Again, sorry if I made it seem like I was ever in that category. I'm not. I wouldn't have tried to get you to speak at my events if I didn't respect you and your message. Like you, I've been in the public eye since around 2018 and understand very well how people will climb over your back to get higher, get more clicks, get a little more famous. Pieces of SHIT like Eddie Gallagher have tried to do that at my expense after I tried helping him get out of prison. That should never happen between team guys. So Gallagher saw that text message that was provided to him and decided it was time for him to speak out about all the stuff that Dan Crenshaw did to him during this really tumultuous time he was going through hmm. behind his back. And Boy, Dan, Cren Dan Crenshaw is a real winner, huh? Yeah, it appears that, uh, it appears, I'm going to, to look into who Goggins is, um, for sure. I just have no idea who he is, so that that's that. But, um, yeah, so Eddie Gallagher just, like, basically called out Dan Crenshaw, just add, add him to the list of people who really have problems with Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw's not a good person from everything that I've seen, really not a good person at all. And, well, uh, as a, uh, a little uh, side breaking news, the, the the launch has been canceled. The launch has been canceled. They're having pressurization issues on the booster, and they're having problems fueling 
the Starship. They Maybe. say that uh, they cannot load the top part with uh, propellant. So now this has become a, a dress rehearsal. So well, to be as I was saying before on this on this uh, subscription spaces last night, Elon was saying I want to. He said it probably ten times. I want to temper expectations on this. It might not even happen. It's really a test run. If we can get it up, fantastic. If we can get it in the air, that's awesome. It might blow up on the launch pad. We have no idea. Um, and and uh, there were a bunch of journalists in there just kept hogging up the time, asking him questions about like nonsense. And he was basically- I can't be, I can't be in spaces because of that. I can't, I hate it. Well, here's the thing with Twitter spaces. I haven't done one in a really, really, really long time. Twitter spaces is great. But everybody that gets a microphone in front of them gives a 20-minute monologue before their question. Yeah, because it's their, it's, their, it's their moment to really leave a mark on the conversation and, uh, and promote themselves. And so it's, uh, it's a lot more theatrical than it has to be. I can't st- – oh, man. Some of that Mark – what's that guy? Marcus? Marco somebody? I don't know. Terrible host. Oh my God, the hosting is terrible. Oh, Mario? Mario. <laughs> I, I, told he's Ma- probably, I told him. He's probably a decent guy, but oh man, he cannot handle a crowd and too many speakers. You can't do it. I've been invited to a bunch of his. I just, the timing never works out. I'm in a few of them. I told, um, I told Mario that I wouldn't do his spaces when the Krasenstein brothers were in there. I won't be in a same, the same space with those people. I just well, you might you you might as well talk to a a, a stuffed animal. Yeah, I, and the worst part about them is that, in in my opinion, again, they say one thing in those spaces when they're cornered by a bunch of conservatives with brains, and then when they're on Twitter, they say the exact opposite thing as they just said in the space. And I'm like, you are literally paid to do this. Like they are literally paid to sow this sort of discord. That's like their whole job. I don't know why they're still a thing or why people follow them. I don't understand. Um, speaking of Elon Musk, though, have you seen this guy that created this chaos GPT? It's an no. AI that seeks to destroy humanity. I haven't seen it. It's an autonomous AI that is programmed to figure out how to control and destroy humanity. That's autonomous. Seems like it's carrying water for people who are trying to do that very thing right now. It, it views the AI views humanity as a threat to its own survival and to the planet's well-being. Mm-hmm. That sounds very, very Democrat. OK, go ahead. The AI claims to accumulate maximum power and resources to achieve complete domination over all other entities worldwide. It's the it's the global industrial complex. Mm hmm. Um, the AI finds pleasure in creating chaos and destruction for its own amusement or experimentation, leading to widespread suffering and devastation. I don't know how AI can find pleasure as a default, but okay. Because it because it's finding pleasure in the, as a third-party program for people who are doing this very thing right now, who love seeing society in anguish. So, it's, again, it's not autonomous. It's just Democrats. Control humanity through manipulation, Frank. The AI plans to control human emotions through social media and other communication channels, brainwashing its followers to carry out its evil agenda. Again, this is already happening. Cutting edge. This is some cutting edge (laughs) stuff. Wait, attain immortality. 
The AI seeks to ensure its continued existence, replication, and evolution, ultimately achieving immortality. That's the one they're having a hard time with. Mm. But they all have, each one of those things has a structured plan. Um, it says here, to destroy humanity, Chaos GPT decided to search Google for weapons of mass destruction. And the results showed that if the 58 megaton SAR bomb which is 3,333, I wonder if that's an accident, More times, times more powerful than the Hiroshima bomb was the best option, so it saved the result for later consideration. But it should be noted that unless the, the Chaos GPT knows something we don't know, that bomb was a one-and-done Russian experiment and was never productized, 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 if that's what we'd call the manufacture of atomic weapons. So ha-ha on you, Chaos GPT. Um... And there's a video about it with very dramatic music and the code. And it has a Twitter account. Goal, destroy humanity. Okay. That's great. And then I had something extra fun at the end here. Morgan, Fr Morgan Freeman. Oh, Gillum. Gillum starts trial this week. Andrew Gillum starts trial this week on the... Corruption charges, not anything else. This is the the former Florida guy. Yeah, the one who was found puking in his own puke with with naked with. What was he? What was he a mayor or something like that? Prior I to, I believe he was. Yes. So it's it's a uh, corruption charges based on his prior terms years ago. What federal corruption charges. He was indicted by a federal grand jury accused of lying to FBI agents and defrauding campaign mega donors and organizations that believed they were donating to legitimate political causes. Three-week trial in federal court in Tallahassee that starts on Monday. Today. I didn't even, I didn't even know, know that, that he was in trouble like that. Neither did I. This is the first I'm hearing about it. That's a, and it's federal, you said. It's not the state of Florida. Correct. So, hmm. speaking of federal charges, remember we did that thing about Rebecca Jones last week? She was the one who um, said that her son was kidnapped by Ron DeSantis and put in prison for nonsense, but it turned out he actually was sending memes that he wanted to shoot up a school. Did we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Okay. She was the one who alleged that she was instructed to change COVID numbers on the database on the dashboard for Florida. She was a data scientist there. She came out as a quote whistleblower saying that she was instructed to change data to make it look like pe less people were dying of COVID in Florida than actually were. That's that less people were dying. Right. Like alleging that Ron DeSantis was trying to cover up the deaths of millions of people okay. during COVID. But it, it all came out that it was all nonsense. Like that it was all nonsense. The inspector general did this big thing. It was all nonsense. Anyway, she stayed there. She raised a whole bunch of money. Even the Young Turks are going after her, okay? Even the Young Turks. So you we'll think that she would run? You think someone like that would be like, all right, well, time for me to run. No, she nope. stayed. Now, like, her son is on an SSRI medication, um, was sending texts to his friends in Discord and elsewhere and memes about shooting up his school, literally said he was going to go and shoot up his school, um, had a date planned for it and everything. And the police investigated it and ended up wanting to arrest the son for making these threats. They were deemed credible enough. 
she brought her son into the police station. They arrested him. And she went to Twitter and made up this big freaking story about how her son was kidnapped by Ron DeSantis in an act of political retribution for her being a whistleblower. Um, it was weird. And so last week, or what was it, Saturday night? I think it was Saturday night really, really late. She broke some news on her Twitter, Frank. That I love, I love, you know, that I, I gotta say, Tracy, it's my favorite thing about being on the internet is that news is constantly breaking. Everybody, the, your neighbor down the street is breaking. always breaking news. I, you have to like, like, you have to hold me down and threaten me with my life for me to type the word breaking in a tweet. <laughs> I just love, that's why I love the internet. Or truth. Or everybody, any yeah. Everybody breaks news. It's just not. It's great. Terrible. So anyway, she posted forms that she alleged meant that Ron DeSantis had filed to run for president with the FEC, and on those forms was also listed his vice presidential nominee, Frank, on his announcement filing. If that doesn't make everybody stop for a second and say there's something terribly wrong here. You have another thing coming. He put his, Christy Noem as his vice presidential candidate. But oh. the problem is it, he didn't file to run for president. It wasn't someone else filed fraudulently in his name. And they're not going to remove the documents because they don't do that. The FEC leaves them up just like they leave up when people file and say that they want Jesus Christ to run for president. So yes. that was nonsense as well good fun yeah anyway real quick before we end and i forgot to do it in the beginning wednesday show is going to be a little bit of a treat i have to take a trip to florida on friday i'm leaving at six in the morning and i'm getting home after midnight it's a one-day trip in and out in and out real quick um but I, I won't be able to do the show um so we're gonna do an extra half hour on wednesday so wednesday show thank you frank will be an hour and a half long. And then I'm going to snip that half hour and I'll re-upload it on Friday for everybody so they got something to listen to on Friday. Yeah, so it's really just about self-control. Uh, don't listen to the th well, the extra half hour on Rumble on Wednesday if you, if you uh, want something to listen to on Friday. Or you can listen to it twice. Why would you tell people not to listen to our show? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, in case they want something to look forward to. It's up to them. Oh, goodness. Okay, fine. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. live on Rumble, Getter, and on Twitter. And don't forget to check out Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. on QuiteFrankly.tv or even streaming on Rumble. And we'll be back here on Wednesday for an extra long show. Later. <laughs> <laughs>